to episode 29 of the MTG Complex Cast. My name is Steven, I'm joined by my co-hosts John hey, and Chris. Hey. In today's episode, I will be debriefing you guys on my trip to Hartford. We'll also be going over the top eight of uh, GP Hartford and possibly delving into the top 16 as well. Uh, but first, let's kick things off with our weekly roundup where we talk about what decks we piloted and what decks we played against this past week. And I will go ahead and save mine for the topic. But let's start with Chris. Well, uh, I said that I was going to play either Swans or Amulet, and I decided to play neither of those two decks. And instead, play <laughs> good old-fashioned uh, Spaghetti Stompy. Spaghetti! Yay! So... Good one, everybody. I actually lost my first round, I believe. Uh God, what was I playing against? I can't remember, but I was very sad. That's all I remember. It's the sadness. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a matchup where Chalice just like wasn't that good, and oh, it was Mardu Pyromancer. That's right. And uh, yeah, like I don't know. Maybe Chalice one's kind of okay, but Relic of Regina seemed way better. I wasn't sure if I wanted to have both in my deck at the same time. But, like, Lingering Souls is a pain in the ass against everything except for Reality Smasher. But he always had a, like, he just, like, snap terminated everything on site. That's pretty good. I mean, she's, oh, I'll discard this, like, Lingering Souls to the trigger, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, hmm, feels pretty bad. Uh, and then there was, uh, the game, the games were all really close, though. I almost um, beat him down with drawing all four of my Blink Moth Nexuses. <laughs> wow. Because uh, that was the only gas I was drawing was Blink Moth Nexuses. Gas. In gas. any case, uh, I lost because he, he cast three Bedlam Revelers that game. Wow. And uh, it was kind of sad. Yeah. You know, fun, fun fact about Bedlam Reveler, if you can uh, Vapor Snag or... Simic Charm the card back to their hand after the trigger, they have to discard it. <laughs> yeah. It's nice. I learned that one. That was a lot of fun. But instead, he just got to, like, K Command to rebuy his Bedlam Reveler that I had answered. Yeah, it's pretty um, good. It's like, oh, yeah. It's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> then I went on to play. God, I'm having such a hard time remembering what I was playing last against last week. I don't know why. Oh god, yeah. So I played against Burn. Oh jeez, I, I almost memories. I almost feel bad for this guy because you chalice on one him I, twice. So game two, I chalice on one him on turn one, but he was on the he was on the play right. So he, he played his Goblin Guide, attacks me, uh, flips a an all land I believe, some like matter shaper or something. Mm -hmm. I untap. Land, turn one, chalice, go. <laughs> With the spirit guide, right? And he, he misses his... So he misses his second land drop. Oh. And just sends his guy in and reveals, like, a land. I'm like, okay. Excellent. Untap, like, play my Eldrazi Temple, play my Matter Shaper, pass. And he misses his second land drop again. Rough. And then just, like... Died. Passes. Like, doesn't even attack into my Matter Shaper. I'm like, okay. Untap... Uh, land spirit guide chalice on two. <laughs> oh, wow, brutal. He like, like untaps, plays this. He draws, plays the land he drew. <laughs> the see, plays the psychic foundry. Untap, takes the two damage, and just like 
I'm not gonna waste my time. He <laughs> scoops up his cards. <laughs> That's brutal. It's like he has like, these, like, am I BM if I'm like, good game? <laughs> like, extend the hand, like, wow. was that really yes. a good game? No. No, then you just say thanks for the games and you lower your head and you don't make eye contact and run away. <laughs> could, you, uh, could you send a match to them? <laughs> I hate that moment when you have to ask him to sign it's the like, like, like nudge it towards him so like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't yeah. look at him. Just like kind of uh, slide it on it. Slide it over there. <laughs> yeah, or you, like, you sign your part and just like leave it on the table and just like, I'm just going to like put my deck in my box now. <laughs> I'm you saying it no? Oh, the worst! The worst is when they like do it, and the pen like stays on their side of the table. And you're like, can I, can I, can I have my, can I have my pen back? I'm like, laughing need, so need, hard because I've need, experienced need my, need all my pen, of this. My, my pen. Oh, dude, it's like affinity, like winning turn four on game three. It just like makes my opponents so salty. They're just like fuming, like they're visibly red, and they're just like, like. It's like jamming their cards back into their deck box and then like I have to sit there and just like uh uh thanks thanks for I uh, can you sign the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah spot on Alright so uh I have uh, it's kind of unusual for me but I have no idea what I played against in round three. I can't remember now you know what it's like sure. to me. right now. But in I do remember round four I played against um good old Jerry on a deck he was borrowing on the the Grizzle brand deck. Oh boy! Mm-hmm. And as uh, you you may know from last week's cast and or um, the term report that will be up by the time this is up. <clears throat> uh, apparently, I'm very lucky against Grizzle brands. <laughs> <laughs> and I pissed this match was was not very very different. Game one, I just like thought not see him, and he gives me a hand of like through the breach and a bunch of nothing like I guess I'll take you through the breach and then he just doesn't do anything ever again yep ever Done. <laughs> it's like Dead. dies to my random dudes uh, I think game 2 I get styled on pretty hard actually no I, I have mistaken I got styled on game 1 really hard game 2 is when I thought Lassier took his thought through the breach and he proceeded to do nothing ever again uh, game 3 I'm like, alright, I'm feeling pretty good. I have, like, my Relic of Progenitus. I have my uh, Sorcerer's Spyglass. I can name Grizzlebrand. But my, uh... My my clock is, like, pretty anemic. It's like... I'm, like, not hitting lands. So, I'm like, god, do I want to, like, tap out for this Eternal Scourge from my Exile (laughs) pile? Because what if he just, like, Goryo's me and gets me? With like an Emrakul or some stupid garbage. I don't know. I want to hold up this relic activation. So I eventually just like YOLO tapped out for a, a Thought Knot Seer because I figured like, well, what's he going to do? Like, you can't go Rios or even if he breaches something right now, like it's not even that good because it's my main phase. Yeah. And he shows me his hand is like all the world spine worms, <laughs> all the nourishing shrills. But no way, like, no Breach, no Gorios, nothing like that. Oh, great. So I'm like, okay. And I realized that I miss, I, I, I sideboarded terribly incorrectly. Um, I brought in Spatial Contortions as a bad giant growth to just try and kill him fast. 
Mm-hmm. When in fact, I should have had ratchet bombs in the event that he breaches a, a world spine worm to clean oh up God. the tokens. Yeah. So I'm sitting there looking at the special controller in my hand, like, God, I wish this was a ratchet bomb right now. <laughs> That's hilarious. I was like, well, if he ever draws through the breach off the top, I just lose the game. On the spot. And, uh... He didn't. Uh, what ended up happening was he had to to, to pitch one sh- one worm to the shoal to not die, to gain life. Mm-hmm. And I was able to thought not see his other worm away. So then through the breach was no longer an, an out. And, Perfect. Uh, yeah, I got him real good. So uh, what about you, John? What you, would you play on Friday? I played a lot of Magic last week. <laughs> a lot of magic uh i did two four one leaks with legacy blue red delver which was awesome it's blowing kids up uh i lost to uh grixis and i also lost to um oh, what was the other loss to i think it was to reanimator um and then uh at fnm uh i played blue white Thopter Foundry? What the hell? I picked up the Sword of the Meeks at the GP. I've been wanting to play this deck for a while. I was like, ah, yes, excellent. Some sort of Thopter Sword deck. Garbage. Found a Jerry T list from a while back. Played it. Uh, I played against like some budget Abzan deck. Which is kind of weird. It's playing like Seder, Wayfinders, and Tap Lands and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then I beat him, and then I played against Budget Affinity. This guy's been at the shop a few times, and like Affinity's still pretty scary. Like he's playing Steel Shaper Skiff for cranial plating, mm-hmm. and so like I definitely gotten like blown up the last time I played against him. Yeah, uh, and this time I just like Doctor Sword is like impossible to beat. Oh yeah, no, they like, they cannot. They actually can't beat us. Like infinite blockers gain a bunch of life. Ah, I, but I your played... tokens are blue. Yes, they are blue. <laughs> they cannot. Champion can get. They cannot block at champion. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that, that's funny. That actually was relevant at the, some point this weekend. Somebody tried to block my edge champion with a vault scourge. Nice. And like I let I let him like declare all like he hadn't like said these are my blockers, mm-hmm. and so he's just like lining everything up. And then he goes like these are my and like before he can even finish the statement, I'm like illegal block, and I just like pointed at the pointed at his card. He's like, no, it's a oh. <laughs> yeah, okay, <I'll> scoop. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, I beat Affinity. Um, I played pretty greedily. <laughs> I as you I sometimes played, do. I played really greedily, actually. John um, gets these bouts of like pure, absolute greed, just unadulterated greed. So. <laughs> Usually, it's expressed with his deck choice. Yeah, I had I had the Thopter Foundry, and I'm looking for the sword, right? Mm-hmm. And I have this thirst for knowledge, and so he has like stuff going on, and I play an EE on zero. Like he had like plating, some other stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, nah, nah, I don't want to blow up any of his permanents. I want to jumpstart my my Thopter Foundry when I find a discard a sword to this thirst for knowledge which i did in his instead <laughs> fuck you luxa <laughs> the greed is real oh god so greedy it was so good just like oh all the value let me just throw away this like two for three for one it wasn't the just... three for one he only had, would have blown like up a... his thopter foundry yeah so bad 
I don't want to blow up my Doctor Foundry. I don't want to, you know, blow this plating sit around. Plating's no good if he doesn't have anything to attach it to. I think I had, like, a Field of Ruin for his Ink Moth Nexus. It's fine. <laughs> just sit over here getting value. It's so funny. Had, like, a flip search for his Kanta, too. Mmm. Delicious. Jesus. So then I played against, um... <clears throat> my third round opponent was... Uh, Tron, which is the Nightmare matchup. It was bad. Uh, I stole a game, because he ran real bad. Mm -hmm. And I ran real average. <laughs> but that's good enough, apparently. Uh, died to the Thopters. Uh, and then game three, uh, I had a lot of answers, but still just couldn't get there. Uh, so I lost. Which wasn't too surprising. I was like, I was at peace with that. Tron has a really bad matchup for blue-white in general. Yeah. Uh, and in the last round, I played against Nyazu, which should be an incredible matchup. Mm-hmm. Because um, I'm playing three main deck timely reinforcements. But... Two main deck EEs. But... And Thopter Sword. So game one, I just, like, I just <laughs> ranch him with the Thopter Sword combo. Because, mm -hmm. as you do. Um, and so I'm, like, looking at my board. So my board is four Leyline of Sanctity. Mm -hmm. Fourth thing in the ice. Um, two negates. A uh, disenchant. Uh, three Grafdigger's Cages. And um, a Disdainful Stroke. That, none of that helps you. Well, I brought in the no, Leyline. The thing in the ice seems okay. And the thing in the ices. Because I knew he was going to be bringing in like, Stony Silence and sure. like, potentially Rest in Peace. Mm -hmm. So I like, turned on the combo and some stuff. And I... Both of the post-board games, I kept good sevens that didn't have Leyline. <laughs> and then drew it? Uh, yeah, later in the game, both oh, times. Uh, drew two in the third game. But Timely Reinforcements, <clears throat> like, didn't gain me life very much. He just, like, nosedived into the ground with his fetch shocks. Oh. And I actually had a really hard time gaining life off these Timelys, because I just needed to block or I was going to die. Mm -hmm. In, like, one, you know, one hit, basically. Um, cause he had like, um, he had a wolf run. Mm -hmm. So it was like, oh, I got this goif and this wolf run. Like, did any of his creatures have first strike? No. Cause if first strike damage resolves before, before regular strike damage resolves, you can play. Oh, it's a sorcery. Isn't yeah. It? It's sorcery. Reinforcements? Never yeah. It's a sorcery. Never mind, the card would be busted. Busted. Yeah. So, so that was that. I lost uh, what well, I think was a, probably a pretty favorable matchup. Um, I lost to uh, Thunder My Hellkite off the top. And Seems was pretty good. Was it both games? <laughs> One of the games for sure. It might have been both games, actually. Uh, just like, yep, 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 yep. So, Wait, that was the zoo deck? Yeah. Oh, so it was a big zoo. Big it was a little zoo. zoo, but it had a little bit of top end. He had oh, okay. uh, four mana elves. Little big zoo. And, and, and Thunder Ma. <laughs> little big zoo. <laughs> little big zoo. It's like a little big planet. Uh, so that was that. Uh, and then I did uh, two A25 drafts over the weekend. Uh, it was my first chance playing that set. So that was pretty cool. Uh, I drafted the white-black deck uh, and went 3-0. It was super sweet. And then the second draft, I first picked Niv-Mizzet. <laughs> uh, and I got past a Curiosity at some point in the draft. Cool. Uh, round one, I played against uh, one of my opponents from the last draft because it was the same group of people, and he was on the black-white deck this time, because I crushed him with it. Uh, and he crushed me! Because the deck's really strong! Um, yeah, so I went 2-1 uh, in that draft, but I got to Curiosity combo Anari in the mirror, so that was sweet. <laughs> that combo is always sweet. Poor Anari. Yeah. yeah. He was like, <laughs> Poor I, I, Anari. I, played, I played him visit, and he's like, oh, 
he's like do you have the curiosity in your deck and i'm like poker face bad poker face because i've had both in my hand like the entire game <laughs> no <laughs> no it's really awkward because um he had like hermit crab or like the stupid crab plus um horseshoe he- crab heavy arbalist combo in his deck and he was like setting it up i was like oh and i was not making my land drops so i had to gush to make land drops with fathom seer so you gotta go down two land drops to try to draw lands to make your later land drops? Feels real bad. <laughs> so unintuitive. Yeah, so I made it, and he's like, oh, you have curiosity? I'm like, I don't know, untap. Ah! <laughs> gotcha. So, anyways. Uh, so yeah, and that was uh, my angry dog. Uh, and that was my weekend of magic. How about you, Steven? Uh, we want to jump into our main topic, which is uh, you and what you did this weekend. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so so I ended up going to GP Hartford. My overall record was um, four and three. I got to the seventh round and got my third loss, which meant I had to pack it up for the day because only... Uh, people with six and two we're gonna make it into day two which is very unfortunate you know but um i feel like for the exception of two games uh that i actually played fairly fairly well i didn't uh i didn't misplay too much in the the first game that i lost uh, i feel like was uh, i i feel like i made the the right call as the affinity player um but i'll let you guys decide whether or not that was that was the case so my round one was uh tron and i beat him 2-0 i didn't see much of his deck to be honest with you Uh, must be nice to to you know just crush tron without seeing much of their deck yeah it's like he played a few lands i know that he played i know for sure he was playing red green but i wasn't really sure what was in the deck i didn't see any colored spells from him uh he stumbled on assembling tron in game one and i just ran away with it and in game two he didn't assemble anything oh no i lied he had nat- this game two was funny he had natural tron and i expected it, him to resolve something and pass the turn and he re- he assembled tron and then he passed the turn and i was just like and i lent i leaned forward because i thought maybe i misheard him maybe he was asking a question and the, so the unintentional so was, bm did you say what's no? that you have nothing to do with your mana <laughs> and so it's so like lean i'm like what was that and he was like go and i was like oh <laughs> like go away <laughs> i was like oh okay it already had a cranial plating in, in play and so i resolved my second cranial plating and equipped it and you killed him affinity players <laughs> Um, game two was against Titan Shift. Uh, very much like the, the game one and two was very much uh, was very back and forth. Uh, in game one, he was able to anger the anger away my board, but he didn't really have much of a follow up. Uh, ended up finding Edge Champion. Kind of went to, went to town with that. Uh, he couldn't find any threats or any uh, scape shifts or really just anything game one game two he comboed off fairly quickly he had all the ramp he needed uh he curved out perfectly and then in game three it was a grind fest we couldn't we kept trading off things 
at one point he was at a low life total uh, and I was still pretty high and I resolve a Memnite and he Slagger Storms right? That's the card? Slagger Storm? Slag Storm? Slag Storm. Slag Storm. He Slag Storms a Memnite uh, which I'm sure didn't feel great for him but he felt like it was necessary. Uh, I ended up taking that game due to Manlands. I think that's probably when you get that far into that matchup that's probably the way you're going to win because they don't really have too much interaction or too many uh they have lightning bolts from the sideboard and that's pretty much about it um they don't have like land destruction or other single target remove spells uh they just have a lot of board wipes uh so yeah i took that game with the uh, ink moth nexus and no cranial plating round three was against humans and that was my first loss and i will set up the board state to see if somebody else will do would have done something different which i'm sure people would have always done something different uh so uh in play i have a ravager of vault scourge five other artifacts and uh, and the mana to activate a man land i think to make six artifacts the opponent has a horizon canopy untapped and has all their other three or four lands tapped in play they have two mantis riders and a uh and the white mana one drop that grows bigger champion of the parish champion of the parish and he was a two two at the time so um I decide that I have three creatures and he has three creatures, but I didn't think that he might really want to. Uh, he didn't. He might have not wanted to trade all of his creatures in. Uh, so I go for attacks and I attack with all three creatures. And previous, sorry, previous to this moment, he had already cast a dismember. So I had assumed that the probability of him having a second dismember was very very low 100 <laughs> percent spoilers uh and so i attack with everything and he triple blocks my arcbound ravenger and i say huh that's pretty weird why would he do that <laughs> because he's gonna blow you out <laughs> Yeah, so I go to I go to I go to put all the counters on a, on a, on the creature he didn't block and dismember. Uh, you know, in in my defense, I was gonna lose the game if I didn't do something, anyways. So why lose the game later when you can lose the game now? <laughs> all about efficiency. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That that match the matchup's pretty favorable. Um, as long as I have a very explosive start, which I had to mulligan to four that game. No, I had to mulligan to five. Um, and, you know, sometimes that just happens. Yeah, that's fine. I'm really happy about that play, honestly. Like, I, I, I didn't feel any any bad feelings about that loss. That was totally fine. Uh, in round number four... I got paired up against Jund, which I ended up winning 2-1. Um, very surprised that I won against Jund, but something that I kind of realized halfway into the game is that 
this person had not had that much experience with the deck, and he was not making misplays, but not definitely not making the most optimal plays. So it, it one made me really appreciate that uh, I got to beat my face against Jund for the first like two years of me playing Magic. Thank you, Zach. And then when I moved to Chico, I got to beat my face in against Jund again uh, because of Curtis, my old roommate. Thank you, Curtis. Uh, and because they had been playing the deck for so long, I was accustomed to somebody, to people who take full advantage of the deck and use all of the... And, and make and just make the best possible plays essentially. So isn't isn't this what all your uh, years of training was for? You very why you yourself bought into Jund for this very moment, yeah. so you could figure out how to destroy the Jund from within. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> destroy the Jund from within. Uh, what's really funny is because Jund is, I don't know. There's so you, there's so many options that you could do with Jund, right? You can play so many different cards. Um, Sometimes people like to like put their mana a certain way to where like they divide their mana between like two like three if they have three mana they'll like put aside a red black land to the right and then to the left have like green black and red green open and I just like in my brain all that reads is like oh he has lightning bolt and terminate or abrupt decay cool how do I play around those? And just like that kind of mentality throughout that whole game really, really helped. Um, so it's cool. I, I will say that like learning the other side of the deck really, really helps sometimes. Uh, but also if you don't know that Jund is playing those two cards then or three cards, then you're probably just dead anyways. Um, <laughs> so I kept a sketchy hand. I drew, uh, I had like a signal pest, I had some zero drops, and I had a few lands. Nothing really special about the deck. I was kind of worried that he might have kept in Inquisitions. He kept Inquisitions in for game uh, two, and I don't really, I mean, that I think it was just bad. But Mr. Take Your Cards. And it's like if against Affinity, it's just pointless. Like they're just gonna dump their hand out. Mister, why would you... don't have any cards? Like what do you like? Okay, you get to see this land in my hand. Cool. Uh, anyways, uh, so I kept a sketchy hand, but I could play everything, and he wouldn't be able to take anything relevant. Uh, so I keep a five land or keep a five hand, and then uh, pass the turn. He plays a raging ravine, and I was able to draw another signal pest. So now I have something like six damage on the board uh so i swing for two initially and then um i was able to find a welding jar and i was able to find a stubborn denial the turn before he tried to uh maelstrom pulse my signal pests which was really great good old stubby d yeah he got stuck on two lands then he got stuck on three lands it did take me a little bit to kill him um, at some point, I found a Vault Scourge, and I was gaining life. He had resolved the Goyf on turn two. So he was getting in, but I was mitigating some of that damage with uh, a 3-1 uh, Vault Scourge each turn. Uh, at some point, he played a Finks. He changed his life total from 8 to 10. Didn't really change the clock. He was still on a two-turn clock. And then he plays a Scooze uh, and... Puts, him, puts his life total up to six, and then I attack for five. He's at one. So basically at that point, I only 
had two I had three mana so I had, I had like four or five different cards that I could draw no uh, one two three I had three card three different cards that I could draw it was either Ravager cranial plating or master theorem and I ended up draw, drawing the Ravager um, and t was able to sneak away with game three, which could have easily, I think, went in his favor if I would have let him untap without scavenging ooze. We have, we, he had a lot of creatures in his graveyard, and so did I. Um, so yeah, I think that was a close game. I kind of snuck away with it, but it made me really appreciate, um, you know, great gen players. Shout out to all those great gen players. I am not one of them, that's for sure. When's it always beat you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so round five was against Affinity, and that was my second loss of the day. I, <laughs> I'm like embarrassed. So in your right? matches, the uh, the best player always wins, right? That's how mirror matches work. Spider Man <laughs> pointing at himself. JPEG. Uh, yeah. So like, all right. So like, all right. So game two, I misplayed horrendously horrendously i made like game two basically gave him the match uh i won the first first game i was on the draw pat myself on the back um game two he resolves a bitter blossom on turn two which uh, like <laughs> cool awesome i i know that affinity does that that's perfectly not you know normal but like acceptable great fantastic what are you getting salty about affinity players playing fucking weird ass cards in their deck listen, <laughs> listen. <laughs> I, i'm not salty but like like i said i'm not salty about it it's like the taste it's of fine. hypocrisy in the air it's fine it's fine at least you didn't get like marsh casualtied oh baby oh, oh. that's oh. a spicy one i like that i like uh, that one so game two so he has bitter blossom play i've been attacking him and removing his creatures um i put him down to four life it's it's painful thinking about it again i put him down to four life i have two ornithopters in play and two mainlands uh and for whatever reason in my brain i was like ah yes i need to apply pressure now so i go to like attack and stuff and he blows me out and my creatures are dead, and he has lethal on board. Nice. Yeah, I had I had just enough blockers to keep me alive for four more turns. Wow. Yep. How did you go from enough blockers to stay alive for four turns to dead on the crackback? Because I pretty, attacked with everything. That's a pretty bad combat for you. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, it was like, I don't know what I was. I I just I have no clue what went through my brain that was just like, ah yes, now it's time to attack. When he's at four life and losing one every single turn, and he had already using he already using he had already used a wear and tear to, in the game, so I knew that wasn't in his hand anymore. So I don't. The dude. voice in the back of your head is like, "Let's get lunch." <laughs> <laughs> right You're now. not hungry for wins. <laughs> you hungry for? Hoppergood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have to link that one for our listeners. Uh, and so, so yeah, I lost that game, and then that put me on such a hard tilt after I realized how bad I punted. Uh, and then game three, he's like, 
Game three, he's just like, I had answers in my hand, but I didn't keep anything with like threats, just answers. So he just drew more threats than I had answers. Uh, punt, 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 punt. So your punt, control punt. deck didn't do very well that round, huh? No, it did not. <laughs> <laughs> my control deck was not working. <laughs> so have you ever had that, that thing, that the experience where you're playing in someone and you're thinking about like, huh, well, if I were to mind slaver them right now, I would make them do this. And then they just by themselves do that very thing. Is, is that what's, what was going on in game yeah. two? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, he was best. actually he was actually misplaying a bunch too. So were you. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe it was just like 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 I'm not I'm not trying to hate or anything. I'm not like salty or anything. I get it. I misplayed, but like like he actually misplayed. He like he like actually could have won turns earlier with an Arcburn Ravenger. He just didn't. And then I killed the Arc Brown Revenger, and he didn't sacrifice anything into it, and he just let the trigger resolve. Like, he could have just won. I don't know. Not salty, huh? I mean, I'm not salty. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm actually making... I'm trying not to be, at least, but I, I like, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm trying to make an actual comment on his play. Like, he could have won, but he was not being aggressive enough with his arc. Anyways, let's move away from this. <laughs> <laughs> Next round. Round six, a Titan shift again. <clears throat> I got stuck, or he got stuck on lands in game two. He plays a sweltering suns uh, to board wipe, uh, but I ended up just winning with Inkmoth Nexus. Kind of just how that matchup goes, really, honestly. Um... He tried to get rid of the Inkbot Nexus a few times. I just had a few answers. Um, yeah, it was pretty straightforward. In game round number seven, I played against Ad Nauseam and I lost 0-2. Uh, I will say that I lost pretty fairly to not knowing what cards are inside of the deck. I know how the deck functions. I know like the combat tricks or the the kind of mental tricks that they play and I kind of and I know what the overall uh mission of the deck is to do is aiming for but I didn't know whether they were running path to exile or fatal push or any kind of spot removal in the main board so I ended up having like two ravagers in game one and an inkbot nexus and I was attacking and definitely could have gone in for lethal but I was afraid of Path to Exile so I was playing way too conservatively and he untaps and ad nauseums. Game number two he... I resolve a... I resolve a rule of law <clears throat> and then I... oh actually uh, actually I uh, before, before I get into that match I decided before the... Uh, before the tournament that I was going to run a hand disruption spell um, but I didn't have any of my thought seizes but I did have a duress so I threw in a duress into my sideboard where illness, illness in the ranks was uh, mostly because I didn't expect to see Mardu at all um, that was like really my only my own, the only match that I was going to be bringing in uh, illness in the ranks otherwise I don't think there's many spirits running around right now so I decided to run a dress instead. Uh, I brought in dress for game two, and I ended up going like 
uh, turn to duress you, take his echoing truth, turn three, play uh, play rule of law, and then he goes uh, end of turn, bounce your rule of law with echoing truth that I drew off the top of my deck. Okay. Uh, but, okay. Uh, and then he combos off. Uh, so yeah, that was my that was my tournament report for for GP Hartford. I ended up playing some side events as well. I went. I only lost one game out of five, which is pretty cool. Uh, the one game I lost was against elves. They just had. They just out, out. They just ran me over. But I was also playing that teamer list that I brewed that was actually doing pretty well against people. Um, I think it's it's, it's a long ways to go from like being actually playable. Um, (laughs) But uh, I've tried playing it today at Modern, and it was just it's just so hard to navigate to find the pieces that you're looking for. Even though, like, it kind of, you you feel like a combo deck because you're, like, aiming to hit, like, these high-value cards, but there's no real combo. It's just, like, like high-value cards. So, there's just no payoff. Yeah, like, the payoff is, like, <laughs> Goyf and Bloodbraid Elf, and you're just like, eh, is that really good enough? Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, a work in progress, but I think it's headed in the right direction. Uh, well, I also got to play. I also, I also got to play EDH. I got to play a four-person EDH. Uh, oh I let my God. friend. I let my friend borrow my Animar deck, and guess who took first and second place? Me and Animar. That's for sure. <clears throat> uh, so yeah, I, I, it was fun. It was. Uh, I got to see Animar function in like a four-player game, which was awesome. Uh, with two other pretty aggressive decks, and I got to see how Enchantress works against everybody else, which was so cool because I just got ignored because I wasn't doing anything, and I ended up like having like the uh, the coolest board state. I would try to get into it, but it's just there's so many cards, so many cards. Shocking for an EDH game, right? Uh, surprisingly, we didn't go to we didn't end up we didn't even end up reaching turn twenty. You just gave up before then? They gave up before then. Speaking of EDH, I actually also played a multiplayer EDH game over the weekend, and it was (laughs) somewhat horrible. God, it was horrible. It took forever. (laughs) And so, uh, one of my friends recently bought me the Arabo Cat EDH deck. Um, but he bought it in Japanese because <laughs> it was cheaper and the thing is that I don't know what a lot of these cards do and then being in Japanese doesn't really help so sometimes I would draw like half the turn like hold on guys and I <laughs> I'd open up, up like the phone app that Steven told me about like yeah 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 uh, hold uh, all right, all right, yeah, this is what my car does. Okay. <laughs> That's hilarious. Awful. That's the worst. So, um, turns out, um, big, bad, double-striking cats are pretty, pretty good, apparently. Shock. Yeah. Um, it was kind of like, 
everyone was kind of like dirtling around a little bit, and one person would do something relatively threatening, and then I would just slap them for a million damage. <laughs> like, oh, you played a dino no. that some dinosaur that like when it attacks you get to cast the top player of everyone's deck. Guess who's getting attacked for twenty four next turn? <laughs> you <Yes>. are. <laughs> Turns out double strike with quite a spike is uh, Ugh. it's pretty good. Yeah, quite as good. Uh, one of my friends he had an exquisite ah. blood or whatever, so he was at like eighty something plus life or whatever, and with one attack with my double striking quite a spike, he got brought down real quick. So wait, you're at forty, you go to twenty, then you go to ten. So it was like a twelve power double strike quite a spiking dude. Jeez. So you'll take twelve. And then we'll half it. It'll take 12 again, and then we'll half it again. Oh my god. It's <laughs> gross. Um, but so the, the last turn cycle of the game, he casts a Torment of Hellfire. Oh, this card. Uh -huh. This card's great. Um, great. Can you guess what X was? A billion. 50? 17. That's pretty good. Uh, so, in response, I made 21 cats with White Sun Zenith. <laughs> Shovel that back into my deck. Oh my god. I'll sack 17 cats. <laughs> That's so funny. Good god. Yeah, turns out uh, Mirai's Wake is a powerful magic card. A very yeah. powerful magic card. So, um, before we move on, Steven, I just want to tell you, even though you're feeling like a cursed monstrosity, being a bit of a bristling hydra, even though your tournament felt a bit like a garbage elemental, just remember that you are a grizzled angler, not a paper tiger, and listen to this kindly stranger. Come back to your next event like a rekindling phoenix or a vengevine. Oh my god. <laughs> I fucking hate card puns. <laughs> They're all four threes. Oh my god, you're ridiculous. <laughs> Every single one is a four three. Just like you. <laughs> That's it's not nice. Do you have one of those for three fives? <laughs> three fives? Oh yes. Let me whip one up real quick. I'm gonna start crying now. Can we make a website that's just that? It aggregates all the names of like all the all the power and toughness. So and I actually, it a, and makes I it actually did this. I sat down and looked up all the um, power toughnesses of common uh, tournament records you may have, but they had to be vanillas. <laughs> that that was the uh, the only the only thing. And turns out um, there comes a point where you run out of you run out of cards. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, with the high toughness cards, it doesn't really matter because you typically drop by then. But there's mm -hmm. no, like, vanilla 7-1. No, no, there's not. <laughs> there's there, not uh... even a vanilla 4-1, I don't think. Really? <clears throat> no, there's a 4-1. Not a vanilla one. Oh, not a vanilla yeah. one, okay. Chris, you are a, yeah, a Thraben purebloods. <laughs> ah, yes, the dogs, right? The hounds? Yeah. <laughs> from Innistrad? <laughs> a Siege Mastodon. Jesus. <clears throat> I so know there's a five one. Good old Dross Crocodile. Yeah. Nema Silt Lurker, not Slit Lurker. That's what I initially read that as. So uh, let's hop into these top eight lists, shall we? I kind of want to just talk about the second place all day. Moving right along. <laughs> Moving right along. Right off those card puns. 
Uh, yeah, let's talk about some some uh, spicy GP Harford, good old fashioned, high quality uh, amulet of vigor. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, man, this deck is awesome. I mean, you you're telling know me. That. Man, I'm telling you. you. <laughs> man, both the decks in the finals just like failed to operate. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. Just did not function. Yeah, that's that's pretty accurate. At least for for one game or another, they applied they were just like they applied minor disruption to one another. Yeah, they were just like, oh, my deck didn't work. Did yours? Oh, it did. All right, let's go to the next game. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I felt like that match was pretty back and forth. I was rooting for the for the Titan player the whole time. The uh, it's pretty funny. I was at a bus station, bus train station, and there was like like five or six other magic players and we were all like huddled up against one other like there were two people with phones watching it i had it in my headphones and this other person was just playing it on their speaker and i had like two people like looking over my shoulder at my screen like three people looking over his over his shoulder at his screen we were all just kind of like like i think maybe collectively rooting for amulet maybe i'm not really sure (laughs) but i know every time like i was like yes people would be like 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 oh yeah ex- yeah like yes, yeah, yes. yeah yeah excited or something you know so I don't know it was pretty cool it was it was uh, it was funny to to have that experience I've never really like it was kind of like a, a hand group of like a group of like sports fans watching like a big game or something you know so it was, that was pretty cool um, but these decks though they're awesome so the one thing uh, to to really note about this amulet list in in my um, humble opinion is the main deck reclamation sage yes i did find that super interesting so my guess is that um blood moon's been on the up and up and this guy probably decided that you know what no fear i'm gonna play amulet anyway but i need to have i need (laughs) to have an answer a main board answer yeah yeah and so just slap the old Reclamation Sage in your main deck and you can pack it up for it whenever you want and it's pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. And yeah. I guess it has like incidental value here and there against like Affinity and Lantern and whatever. Right? I mean, I think that in a vacuum it can't be right. Correct. But um, if if Moon is what you're worried about in Game 1s, then I see no problem with this. Yeah. What what got cut for it? The um the tracker? Yeah, so in in Chris's list, the two trackers are replaced with uh a recommendation sage and a fourth Azusa. Yeah, and the fourth Azusa. Oh yeah, fourth Azusa just seems like guess, guess, guess. I've been really like back and forth waffling on like a, the fourth Azusa. I feel I like gonna, just sometimes I was you ask just you about that too. Sometimes you just draw a bunch of Azusas and you're really sad, and then sometimes you really wish you had an Azusa and you didn't draw one. I don't know, like, I, I it from playing the deck um, in the past, I felt like the the issue I've had was being threat light and not as much getting to six mana. Mm-hmm. And so Tracker kind of helped fill the role of being threat light, but also was a grinding hard advantage engine because. Sometimes you do have trouble getting to six, and you're stuck on five. Mm-hmm. 
And so having another like six mana threat in your deck, like a hive mind or something, right? Doesn't actually like cutting cutting an Azusa for another six drop is like eh. Yeah. <laughs> Curve wise is not really the best. Yeah. But like, uh, if Tracker goes unanswered, like it, it kind of it can run away with the game as well. Oh yeah, I've I've definitely taken over games online where, where they just let this tracker resolve because they're afraid of something else happening, and I'm just like this tracker is now eight eight or like an eight, six, or like I an eight seven a whatever mistake. Like, how do you answer that? Or you don't have fatal push, you don't have path to exile. Okay, I'm gonna win. It's like there's definitely times where I've been happy to, to draw a tracker off the top instead of another Azusa or something. Yeah, definitely. like tracker with Azusa in play. Is really good. Yeah. Right? Even if you don't have an ammo, you can just make three clues a turn with exactly. the bounce land. Pretty good. But, um, like, trying to st- ah, just drawing multiple Zeus's when they don't have an answer for it just feels so bad. Yeah. I guess it's like how, you know, I guess nowadays with more people playing these, like, mid rangey and the bolt coming back into favor and this kind of thing, your Zeus's are more likely to die. Mm hmm. And so having an, uh, extra copies of Azusa are, are better, but I don't know. It's 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 it's, it's a tough one. Yeah. Uh, besides besides that change, it's pretty stock. It's uh, one walking ballista, an engineered explosives, a pack and negation, four explorer, four storings. Even the mana base is identical. Uh, not really straying away from what you were doing. So it feels like. So I feel like this is like the stock land base, right? You know, the thing is, um, I guess four forests is becoming a little bit more standard now. Mm-hmm. Um, so on the two forest version, I would I was playing a botanical sanctum and a crumbling vestige. Oh, that's right. And right okay. now I'm playing three forests, cutting the sanctum but keeping the vestige, because mm-hmm. I I don't know maybe I'm just have results based thinking or something, but. Um, there's a lot of times where I was really glad I had a Crumbling Vestige in my deck, which allowed me to give my Titan haste, like, when I didn't have an amulet in play, and this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. We're getting a, a, an extra color off of to play my EE, pre-combat, from a Titan... I, I don't know. It opens up a lot more lines that um, weren't wouldn't be available to you if it were just a forest. Yeah. Do you think maybe that land like, can become a, a different rainbow land? Like a um, like a city of brass or something. Yeah, or like a mana I don't know. confluence. I would think I would rather play a second cavern instead of a rainbow land at this okay. point in time. Um, but that might be just because locally it's kind of infested with blue moon decks. Sure. <laughs> but uh, the uh, sideboard. Another thing that I want to point out with the sideboard is like. Three obstinate Bailoffs. I think this is a huge nod to all those uh, Hollow One decks out there. Right yeah, now. he was he right. was not going to lose that deck, and he was going to profit off of a Burning Inquiry hitting yeah, his like, obstinate Bailoff. Yeah. Oh, your increase give you free four fours. They give me free four fours too. Yeah. Yeah. And I gain four. Yeah, and then uh, another thing is he's playing Spell Pierces instead of Swan Songs. Uh, I don't know. I feel like this is like a preference kind of a thing. Yeah. Um. Pierce is a little bit more flexible, can counter like Liliana the Veil. But I don't think this is a card you'd board in against something like Jund anyway, so I don't know. Correct. Uh, I guess you can like tag like, I don't know, like cranial planings. I don't know. It, it's Spell Pierce is like more broad, right? Swan Song's much more narrow. And he gives them a bird, which maybe is relevant, but uh, 
I don't know. It's, I, it's sometimes relevant. Like, I've been afraid of my own bird a few times. <laughs> but sometimes just having a hard counter for their Blood Moon just feels a lot better. Yeah, I agree. Like, sometimes, you know, you're playing in some Blue Moon deck, right? And they're like, oh, Bolt Your Dorks, Bolt Your Azusa. And don't play a moon until turn five, and you're just like, well, shit, I have this stuff here in my hand. I guess we just lose the game now. Yeah. Or Swan Song, at least, like, you get to keep playing. A null. There you go. Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah. I don't know. I've never actually, like, played much with Pierce, but um, I think I played with it once and just really didn't like it. But that was a, a very long time ago. Also, the uh, the one one split on Fire Spout and K Return. Uh, I like that split. It's humans. In my teamer list, uh, I run Sweltering Suns over Pyroclasms because that three damage is is uh, is just enough to clear the board off. Uh, I also run it as a preference to draw a card than to exile creatures, but that's just my preference. I mean, yeah, but sometimes when you just nuke them. With a surprise K return, it feels so good. Yeah, yeah that's true. Uh, there, there's also a lot of games where, like, they have a lot of, you know, typically a, a bunch of, like, Lingering Soul tokens or a bunch of 1-1s or something is not very good against your Primeval Titan, right? But sometimes it's enough for them to just not die that yeah. turn. Mm -hmm. And so being able to, like, in the middle of combat, K return all their crap away feels <laughs> terrific. Put two lands into play, untap them, kill your dudes. You think you like K return? Just wait till you play with um, volcanic fallout. Mm. How's the dude deal two damage to each thing? Uncounterable. In... Oh, yeah, right. yeah. But you haven't seen your opponent's face when you cast ancient stirrings, and they're playing like elves or something. Like, ah, I got my elves. You cast ancient stirrings, like reveal this <laughs> yeah. K return. They're like, oh. Yeah, it's pretty good yeah, in a stirrings deck. I will give it that. Hey, you can take that? Yeah. It's yeah, it's colorless. <laughs> yeah, I can. Kills Edge Champion. Dead. Dead. I, let's shift over to this Ironworks combo. I don't know if you either of you have any experience with this, uh, but a local player in Connecticut uh, played this deck pretty efficiently, and it is a weird, kind of boring deck to sit in front of. But I'm assuming being on the other side and playing this deck was probably a lot of fun because you're just playing solitaire uh, for the most part. Um, I mean, I do enjoy my overly convoluted combo decks. I mean, Matt Nass was like, in game three, was, you know, he had to think really hard about his next lines of, like, the next few cards he was going to play and sacrifice and everything to get there. Um, but once he got it, it was just like a well-oiled machine. Just like, like sacrifice, put a thing back, play a mana for it, and you know, I, I feel like it was a little bogged down by the the need to be uh, transparent for the camera. Uh, and I feel like if the camera wasn't there, he would just be verbalizing everything, and uh, probably would have made it a lot quicker. Um, but yeah, it, was, it looked like a fun deck to play. So would you say that you uh, KCI is probably a pretty difficult deck to play? Yeah, I'd say there's a high ceiling on KCI. And then Ambit's also a very difficult deck to Correct. play. Correct, I think both of the So decks this have just high shows ceilings. that uh, that Magic's a skill game, right? Not judging yeah, by totally. that uh, last game. <laughs> totally, yeah. you know. Totally skill game. 
Meanwhile, we have, uh, what, two Boggles decks in the top eight? Oh, this yeah. this top eight is like a rogues gallery, man. It's just a bunch of bad guys. <clears throat> yeah, so like, I don't oh, know. Only, only one Boggly boy? Hmm. It's like elves is like the fair deck in this top eight. We got Boggles. I, don't know. I would say Burn is the fair deck here, right? Y'all amulet players. Another Y'all Boggles man. deck. Burn. Ironwork combo and hollow one. Elves is like the only fair deck in this. The top. fairest of the fair. The yeah. fairest of the fair. You don't think Burn's a fair deck? Meh. Meh. It's it, play, it plays it, like cards like lava spike. Oh yeah, like, yeah. I'm nine just being facetious. Nine damage for three manas is, is pretty, pretty good. Half a life total for three mana seems seems a little unfair. I guess, I guess what I will say is Elves is the deck in this top eight that probably produces that's bullshit moments the least often. Yeah, yeah, there you go. That's, <laughs> that's about accurate. But, that, but not to say that it doesn't. It just when does get, it the least get, often. When I get netted on by Elves, I'm just like, yeah, you got me. Like, it's a Coco deck. Like, I don't know. I, I, I find it hard to get, like, salty. I mean... There's just so many answers for an elf deck. All this other stuff is just like, man, boggles. Let's not interact. Affinity, let's kill them before they can interact. Amulet? Um, these two boggles decks, um, are they different? I mean, depends. <laughs> Could they be different? Does it really matter? No, it doesn't actually matter, but it'd be really funny to point out if they were like close to clones well i think it's just really funny is the the inclusion of griff's boon yo griff's boon is a dumb card all right like look at this card screw that card like what is this it's like a it's like a part pegasus part swan or crane or something it's a griff pegaswan oh yes the one guy is playing two griff's boon the other is playing one hmm Mm, By the way, the mirror breaker. Um, I got to see they played the mirror, and I think like round second to last round of the Swiss, and I, I saw game three, and he just nutted on his opponent. Yeah, so that was a uh, Jonathan Sharp. Uh, he's actually like rancor, he's actually, rancor, rancor. I think. Yeah, he's actually <laughs> a player from my old store in in Connecticut. Uh, so yeah, you just he just goes like turn one boggle, turn two. Double Raincor, turn three, Raincor... Daybreak, uh, right? Daybreak Coronet. <laughs> yeah. And the other player didn't even start... Like, he played a land and then passed a turn, and then he played nothing. He didn't play any card, and then he passed a turn. So he didn't have a Boggle, he didn't have a second land drop, and yeah. Oh, boggles. Feast or Famine. I will say, there's a little bit of new technology here, right? With the, the cartouche of Solidarity. They're yeah. Main deck ley lines now, I think, is the biggest uh, technology. And the cartouche. Cartouche gives them a, a little white weenie to block with. They, uh, they've they been playing that since Vegas last year, I know firsthand. Oh. <laughs> uh, one thing to note, uh, ley line sanctity counts towards your enchantment count for your uh, ethereal armor. Ah, yes. Mustn't forget. Yes. Mustn't yes. forget. Uh, I played against Boggles uh, today with my teamer deck and he was gonna win if i didn't have a cryptic command in hand and uh he goes to 
uh, daybreak coronet his creature his creature with a rancor on it, and I bounced the rancor to his hand. Ha! Huh. Mm, felt so good. Man, his first mistake was letting you live long enough to get to cryptic command mana. <laughs> That's funny. I mean, it's true. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Implying that boggle turn to like you know yeah. hyena umbra ethereal armor next turn ethereal armor ethereal armor ethereal armor <laughs> ah, like hey if you get to play with cranial plating it's basically cranial plating that gives them first strike yeah basically and toughness yeah <laughs> yeah besides besides those decks i didn't see anything too exciting although we did just talk about like like six out of the eight decks uh, I, I wanted to not comment on the Affinity deck, but I will now. Uh, <laughs> the the one Glintness Crane in the deck, that that sweet, sweet tech. Yeah, I keep seeing that, man. Maybe there's merit to it. I mean, I'll try it out again, but no I didn't... Thought cast here. I didn't like it the first time I played it, and I feel like I'm not going to like it the second time. G-Blast, man. Hits the G-spot. <laughs> so, is no one going to talk about... Um... Daniel Wong in his quad sleeve taking turns deck, making it into the top 16. Listen. This listen. monstrosity of a deck has, like, everyone, it's it's like, it's a, it's, its own celebrity. It is, <laughs> the no. The deck, the deck itself is a celebrity, not Daniel. It's, uh... Like, like I think we, I mentioned last week, right? I was like sitting down at the GP and playing Legacy, and people were talking about like this quad sleeve taking turn deck, <laughs> yeah. like next to me. <laughs> and yeah. here it is, yet again. Uh, yeah, I uh, I sat next to uh, Jarvis Yu at uh, the GP day one for Legacy, and uh, his opponent like commented on like his deck being nice, and he's like, "Oh, this is Bob Wong's deck." And the guy's like, like, oh yeah, his list. He's like, no, his cards. <laughs> he's like borrowing Bob Wong's deck, like the physical deck. That's funny. <laughs> I was like, yeah, these cards have probably won a lot of games. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, yeah, I mean, this deck is is obviously awesome. It's like it's attention every time it's it's at a tournament. Uh, I think spectators and commentators just like to see it do its thing. Uh, I do like the the living end deck that's there. Uh, it's I know it's stock, but I do like the additions that Amonkhet has added to the deck. You get the Archfiend of Ifnir. Archfiend, you get the uh, Desert Cedron. Cerodon. Cerodon. Horror of the Broken Lands. Yeah, they're playing a lot less like just straight garbage cyclers now. Yeah, yeah. They're playing like the uh, the spider, the, like white. Oh, green jungle, spider, jungle weaver, jungle weaver, and yeah. the other. What was the the green white stupid spider called? It's jungle weaver. Pale recluse, oh, I think. Pale, Pale recluse. recluse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you don't really see uh, very many um, architects of thought anymore. Yeah. Although I feel like architect is still a fine card to play with, but I, I maybe over the the desert Cedron, Cerdon. Eh, it's a 6-4 six six four. Four, man kill him dead <laughs> yeah both of you uh yeah i don't know i just i like one looking at cards boy. i like looking at cards yo Come at don't me. you tell me to cycle <laughs> weirdo i gotta try man 
yeah, besides this, uh, besides at least the, just the taking turns deck, there wasn't really anything to stand out about this top 16. Um, or, you know, 9 through 16. Uh, we have Blue Moon deck, we have a Titan Shift deck, we have Living End, Blue Black taking turns, Humans, Pyromancer, uh, Hollow One, John. Jadine Clomparin's playing three Dark Confidants in her gen deck. She is. Yeah. Uh, over the normal two scavenging uses, so she went up uh, a scavenging use. Everyone making those main deck concessions to the uh, Hollow One deck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely one of the more aggressive decks, right? Yeah. It's, uh, it'll, it's... Uh, it'll catch you if your pants down if you're not prepared, so... yeah. People are... Sometimes it'll catch you with your pants down if you are prepared. Catch you with your pants up. <laughs> Pull them down. So she's also only running three lightning bolt, which is something of note. Uh, I normally don't use... You normally don't usually see lightning bolt as more as... Sorry, you usually only see lightning bolt as a four of or a none of. Um, I remember really back in the day when, like, what, Death Shadow was... Uh, was the big thing. If you were playing, like, Death Shadow Jundlewitter with, like, one Lightning Bolt. Or oh, playing really? Grixis Shadow with, like, one Lightning Bolt. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, and running an Abrupt Decay, which is interesting. Uh, I personally have felt that Abrupt Decay has kind of fallen out of the format. Uh, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there is merit to play it. I mean, it's got the Fatal Push problem, but even more so. Yeah, But it exactly. kills Blood Moon. Yeah. And I guess yeah, if you uh, if you flip it off of a, a blood bright elf and hit a, a blood moon, I guess that's probably pretty good. Yeah, but I mean, I guess I guess you get forest somewhat often with Jund, right? Yeah, uh, especially if you're prepared for it, you just grab a forest uh, as your first fetch just to be safe, so you don't get blood moon out of the game, and then you your can just forest. Cast. Wouldn't you get a, a swamp? Um, I mean, I guess. I guess it depends on your priorities, but I would personally rather class cast Bloodbraid Elf later in the game than be able to cast Lily. Yeah, I guess later in the game, like especially in the post board games, you care about like your duders more, right? Yeah, that's fair. Um, but yeah, that's like that's all. Jund is one of those de- another one of those decks where you can like build it and play however the hell you want to play it. Honestly, um, you could literally put like actual bad cards in it and have it still be a fairly decent deck now you have to play read duke's exact 75 because it's the word of god that's that's exactly it yep nailed it so that's what the uh jund facebook group would lead me to believe yeah you know i actually had to stop following that that group i stopped following that and the affinity group i just couldn't take it anymore man where else are you gonna see terrible suggestions for magic decks i don't know i just could not take it anymore well it jund (sighs) this triple green elf goes right into jund slots right in jund yeah man yeah it's only like every other post i mean they always always talked about like deathrite shaman making turn to liliana super good so why don't you just play noble hierarch it's the next best mana dork that's what i keep saying but apparently i'm wrong because you are. Whatever. You know what? You know what? Color Noble Hierarch does not make. 
Mm, red or black. <laughs> black? Yeah. Yeah, black. Yeah. Black. Yeah. Black? Black. But, but you know what color Who cares? Your terminal land's always uh, overgrown too many, right? Right, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Yeah? So then you don't have red? Then you turn okay. up, turn two black leaf cliffs, bam, Leon turn two, easy. Done, easy, easy peasy. And then, and then you could blood pray, turn three. Attack, exalted. Ah! Yeah, not happening. If you guys <laughs> could only see us right now. <laughs> uh, how about you run that one and, uh, at a few events and uh, report back how that goes, Steven? Ah, I would love to if I had no hierarchs. Want to send them? Uh, they're all getting signed. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> Shocker. Shocker. After we spend like 30 minutes before recording looking at different signatures. Yeah, man. Gotta, gotta show off the siggies. So I think that about wraps uh, GP Hartford up with a nice little bow on it. Um... I think we have I, we have one one thing to talk about before we get too far into the cast. Even what was that, John? I think I think we uh, I think we had some um, some ban list ban list list updates. <laughs> uh, Steven's like, damn morning. it, he didn't even remembered. <laughs> oh, I've been thinking about it all day, <laughs> all day. Uh, so uh, we had uh, what was it? What was it, Steven? What uh, what was the uh, ban list list uh, update today? There. To uh, let me let me see how I'm gonna word this. Um, I was completely wrong. Ah uh, yes yes. Let me that... let me repeat this. Completely wrong <laughs> in predicting that Deathrite Shaman was going to hit the ban block in Legacy. Um, I don't know. I felt like it was about its time. You didn't feel it... twenty dollars, sure. I'm broke. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, you said, oh, I'm broke. I have no money. I was like, well, if you really thought that it was going to get banned for sure, that's a free $20 for you. Accurate. <laughs> uh, oh. And and the price of the bet we 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 agreed upon was was the concession of, of fault. Uh, of wrongness. Of, of, of wrongness on, on on our recording. So So there it is. I was wrong. John was right. You know, while we're at it, I was uh, I was thinking about our uh, our live podcast where we were talking about uh, Jace the Mind Sculptor, and uh, everyone's like, "Oh no, Jace, much better than Bloodbraid, much much better than Bloodbraid." Mm. Mm. I'm over here like, I don't know, I think Bloodbraid's better. Mm. <laughs> mm. We well, clearly now? they're both garbage cards because they didn't make it in the top eight. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah <that's actually> <laughs> <true>. <laughs> turns out they're both a lot worse than we thought they were going to be. But uh, yeah, Jace, Jace the Mind Sculptor. All right, uh, and after we've uh, we've ballooned John's head a few sizes, um, and his his ego grew three sizes that day. <laughs> uh, moving on to our slot of the week, where we tell you what card we are totally hyped to play in our seventy-five. John, let's start with you. Well, I uh, I was a I was a little bit of a liar last week. I said my my I think I said my card was Monastery Swiss Spear, which I did play online in two leagues. So that was cool. But uh, the card I really was excited about, and that I'm still excited about, is Thopter Foundry. I love, I love me some Thopters. Had to, had to sneak on out between the rounds and buy a fat stack of Thopter tokens, cause uh, I did not bring enough. <laughs> Chris, what's your, uh, your slot of the week? Well, 
uh, muscle week's going to be reclamation sage. Uh, think I might go ahead and shout the old amulet deck yet again. Uh, but maybe I'll throw the Reclamations in my main deck because of all those dirty, dirty Blood Moon players. Uh, and I'm sure they're going to get bamboozled real good when they triumphantly slam their blood, their blood Moon and feel totally safe, and I just play Rex Sage, blow it up, and murder their face. <laughs> so, uh... Remand. Uh, Remand. Literally never happens. <clears throat> Seems like a good week to bring it's, it's swans. <laughs> What if I can fit Thopter combo into swans? Oh, you could definitely fit the, fit it into swans. Ah, oh, yes. Don't need any Jaces here. Get this Kefnet out of my deck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just play uh, some snow-covered, uh, what, planes, perhaps? <laughs> oh, oh, boy. <laughs> oh, baby. <laughs> oh, that deck God. is heinous, mana. Uh, what about you, Steven? What is your slot? My slot of the week is um is a card that i recently acquired it is azusa lost but seeking uh yeah so during the gp i actually offloaded my legacy death and taxes deck i decided that i do not play it enough to warrant having it um, and I decided to get a deck that I was going to play often, and that's Amulet, because I love that shit. Wait, wait, so you were picking up all the stuff at the GP? Yeah. Literally at the, like, 12th hour. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Did, were, you I mean, watching, were you watching the results as you were no, buying no. this? No, I wasn't. That, that's the funnier part. I started buying this on Saturday. I got most of it on Saturday, and then... Sunday morning before I think the top 16 was even decided I was already picking up the final pieces for it wow um yeah and then at the I just and then I realized like oh this deck is probably gonna spike in price and I just started getting really excited about it yeah speaking of I'm I'm excited to see Chris get rid of this uh second amulet deck that he has (laughs) (laughs) the time has finally come (laughs) Uh, yeah, so I, I don't really feel quite as bad about um, buying the foil, the foil <laughs> deck. And not getting rid of the other one. Yeah, you know, I thought, I was like, oh, you know, uh, 825 is going to come out, and then all my prices are going to plummet. I'm going to feel really sad that I didn't sell it off earlier. But now it's like, eh, it's fine. It's fine. It'll be fine. Original version is probably worth the same as the foil version was when you bought it. Yeah. Probably not. No, well, no, not not exactly. Some of those foils, real expensive. <laughs> Cavern of Souls. Wait, that's a that's an expensive card, huh? So weird. It was just thirty bucks last year. <laughs> Strange. Uh, weird. Reprinted too. Yeah. So the thing is, like, uh, when it was reprinted in Modern Masters 7, 2017, the price never went down at any point. Yeah. It did. It very only briefly. went up. No, no, didn't no. It, didn't like it very briefly it dipped. dipped. It dipped. It dipped for a minute. Okay, if if by dip you mean like the Modern Master Seven Seventeen was slightly less than Avacyn Restored on release, then yes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's dip. <laughs> that's a dip. Did the price of Avacyn Restored go down at all? No. No. <laughs> Did it ever go down ever since the release date? Nah. No. Huh. Strange. Huh. Weird. Weird. It's almost like people like casting their spells. 
Interesting. What a novel concept. Like, it was super expensive to begin with, and then the Humans deck came out, right? And it just, like, blew up. I mean, but they weren't, they weren't as, ex- they were nowhere near expensive what they are now. They were, like, at the top $40. Now they're, what, in 90 pushing 100 More than Goyf? A lot of things are more than Goyf these days, unfortunately. Yeah, that's, that's accurate. That's, how, that's, a, that's a bad standard to, how, to compare to now. How the mighty have fallen. <laughs> No longer is uh, King Goyf rule the uh, the format in terms of cost. Anyway, that brings us to our end of the cast. Thank you guys for sticking around to the very end. If you're wondering where you can find more content, head over to mtgconflicts.com. Like Chris said uh, earlier, we do have an article up there posted about his uh, tournament with elves in Legacy. Uh, if you want to find us on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube, you can find us under MTG Conflicts, one word. And if you have any suggestions or comments that you'd like us to read, please feel free to send us a message on one of those platforms. Uh, again, we really do appreciate you sticking around to the very end, and we hope you'll join us in the next one. Later! Later!